Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comedian and host of Bachelor Nation News. Coming to you on May 4th, 2023, Thirsty Thursdays. May the 4th be with you. It's Bachelor Rush Hour time, folks. Your afternoon drive home entertainment news. We've got a Vanderpump Rules recap and some ongoing news within the Bachelor Nation world. One thing is for sure, it's barrel scraping season. Rock it out with me, folks. We've got Ed Sheeran today, an update on musician uh, legend Ed Sheeran in his victory. A statement from him, hot off the press, what he has to say in a copyright infringement case that was waged against him. He's victorious. We'll have that story. Plus, at the very end of today's episode, I've got Nutsa. She was on American Idol and did not make it to the top eight, but she's singing on her Instagram, so we're going to play her song and what she wanted you guys to hear. Like I said, all that and more on today's Bachelor Rush Hour. Let's go first to our friends of the podcast, She's All Batch, the hit indie podcast, She's All Batch. Let's go over to them and see what they had to say. They interviewed Susie Evans on their show, and here is Susie Evans hinting at being considered for the Bachelorette role. Have a listen. When you left the show on Clayton season, were you asked to be the Bachelorette? No. So then have you been asked since you've been single or like any talks? So she made a face. She made a face to the camera as to say, maybe. Does that count in the NDA? Uh, when uh, You're not allowed to say anything, but are you allowed to make faces? Are you the next Bachelorette, Susie? I am currently the next Bachelorette now. <laughs> oh, my God. Breaking news. So anyway, we had the same conversation with Susie when she did Driving with Dave, which, I, by the way, I have to tell you, you guys got first dibs at it. You listened to it, and then I released the video version. I was surprised how it did on the video version. I'll be the first to tell you, it did really, really well. Um, it's the type of interview I'm not normally doing on the channel, just because I haven't in the, in the past had access to alumni. As you guys probably know, independent podcasters aren't generally approved to interview contestants like like Gabby from this latest season of The Bachelor, Zach's season. Gabby, she told me she would love to be on Driving with Dave, but she has to run it by production. Of course, they have year-long contracts, and then if they go on Bachelor in Paradise, that renews those contracts. So it can be very tough to get um, those conversations going. I can tell you this. We are in works to have a Driving with Dave conversation with one of the greatest and most entertaining alumni from Bachelor, also from the wild world of wrestling. That's right. She was technically a professional wrestler at one point as well. The great Demi Burnett may be on Driving with Dave and also going to get Katie Thurston, uh, one of the biggest and most controversial leads of all time, Katie Thurston, and uh, more of that to come. But if you want to see anyone particularly be on the show that'll air here on Bachelor Rush Hour, tag them on my Instagram reels when I share driving with Dave say hey I'd love it if you interviewed Gabby Windy or Rachel Recchia and let them know we want to talk to them and boy, do we want to talk to Rachel Recchia. She actually is having some work done uh, to her face, and she's letting us know all about it. As you guys know, uh, there uh, maybe you don't know this, but you can get injections into your lips that plump up your lips. I believe, I'm not a doctor, but I believe it's relatively not too painful and not too long-term. But in order to remove the uh, the injections, which I believe is Juvederm, if, uh, correct me if I'm wrong there, you have, to, you, you have to get them dissolved, which means... Uh, 
another needle into the lips and they dissolve them and they go back to normal. And then from there, you can have them redone. And maybe, you know, if you get them done for a long time, maybe uh, they start to lose the shape you want them to have. I don't really know. But either way, here's her update from her bed telling us about the post dissolving of her lips. Morning, you guys. This is a little update. I still need these to go down a little. But also, I have been reading through some of your super sweet messages, and I just wanted to reiterate that I only show these because I want to be 100% honest with you guys. I never want someone to look at me and think that this is just how I look naturally because it isn't. And I by no means do you, I think you need to get filler or dye her blonde. I just think it's um, fun for me to do. But... Again, that picture was just the only picture I had before I started going blonde. So I just was joking about like my eyeshadow slaying and it was a slay, you guys. Okay, so I think she's responding to the fact that some people were upset with her saying, you were beautiful and you don't have to hate your old self. And she's saying, I didn't hate my old self. I just got my lips enhanced and I got my hair dyed blonde. And, it, you know, I, I'm of the sense where, like, if you're happy in your skin, be happy. But if you want to change something, do that, too. Why do I care? You know, do whatever you want with your body. I, I love you all. And thank you for always holding me accountable. I want to make sure that this is a safe place and no one ever thinks that they need to do certain things to their body to feel beautiful now i say this to rachel if there's people annoying you in your dms you don't don't feel the need to live up to their expectations of what you should be just be you you know unfortunately this is what happens when you become an influencer your audience gets wildly entitled we made you the way you are we want to hold you to some certain standard and it's like shut up just unfollow me or don't whatever everyone should live up to their own moral barometer and not do things because they feel like someone is making them and in this case it's not really about that but yeah she was getting some hate for being a certain way and not not loving who she was beforehand and it's like all right as audiences we need to just pump pump the brakes on this one all right well i've got vanderpump rules content for you i've got a video of ed sheeran's uh response and all that coming up right after a break and a word from our sponsors and in some entertainment news outside of the Bachelor world, we've got Ed Sheeran found not liable in a Marvin Gaye copyright trial. If you weren't aware, he addressed the media outside of the courthouse taking some serious jabs at the Marvin Gaye estate, accusing them of trying to alter his song in a way for the jury to believe it was stolen from Marvin Gaye's classic. So here's what um, uh, Ed Sheeran has to say. I'm obviously very happy with the outcome of the case and it looks like I'm not having to retire from my day job after all. But at the same time, I'm unbelievably frustrated that baseless claims like this are allowed to go to court at all. We've spent the last eight years talking about two songs with dramatically different lyrics, melodies and four chords which are also different and used by songwriters every day all over the world. So this is what's interesting. Obviously, I'm not a music expert, but there are literal experts in like musicology that can look at the 12 notes in the bars and which chord progressions were used to decide if someone ripped off another artist because, you know, there's only so much originality out there. Um, so, uh, but there, you know, was he using this pentatonic scale? Uh, was the B sharp to C flat? The, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, again, not an expert, but very fascinating to see that this trial proved innocence here with Ed Sheeran, Sheeran, who he said if he was to lose a trial, he was going to quit music. These chords are common building blocks, which were used to create music long before Let's Get It On was written. 
and will be used to make music long after we are all gone. They are in a songwriter's alphabet, our toolkit, and should be there for all of us to use. No one owns them, or the, or the way they are played, in the same way that nobody owns the colour blue. Unfortunately, unfounded claims like this are being fueled by individuals who are offered as music experts in musical analysis. In this instant, the other side's musicologists left out words and notes, presented simple and different pitches as melody, and by doing so, created what I think we proved for all to see were misleading comparisons and disinformation to find supposed similarities where none exist. And I think we proved for all to see that they tried to manip manipulate my, my and Amy's song to try and convince the jury that they had a genuine claim. I'm very grateful that the jury saw through the, those attempts. This may seem, this seems so dangerous to me. Both potential claimants who may be convinced to bring a bogus claim, as well as those songwriters facing them. It's simply wrong. By stopping this practice, we can also properly support genuine music copyright claims so legitimate claims are rightly heard and resolved. If the jury had decided this matter the other way, we might as well say goodbye to the creative freedom of songwriters. We need to be able to write our original music and engage in independent creation without worrying at every step of the way that such creativity will be, will be wrongly called into question. And like, this happened to Taylor Swift as well. Whenever you're a huge star making a ton of money, people will come after you. He then goes on to say he's just a guy with a guitar who loves writing music for people to enjoy. I am not and never will allow myself to be a piggy bank for anyone to shake. Say what you want about Ed Sheeran, but he seems like a pretty cool dude in my book. I'd love to hang out with Ed, maybe uh, pop a couple gummies. What do you say, Ed? We'll do some songwriting on our own. Today's Bachelor Rush Hour podcast is sponsored in part by Microdose Gummies, an entry-level dose of THC that helps you feel just the right amount of good. I know Ed's feeling pretty good right now after winning that copyright trial. Well, maybe you could help curb that anxiety by microdosing. Keeps the creative mind feeling relaxed all day long. Uh, you guys know I've been recovering from this uh, cold I've had, and the best thing I can do for myself is get a good night's sleep, and I've been doing that with some of my microdose gummies. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code RUSHHOUR to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description. Again, that's microdose.com, code RUSHHOUR. All right, did you guys watch last night's Vanderpump Rules? Holy cow, was it wild. I'm going to play a clip for you. It's the beginning of the end for Tom Sandoval. Here he is kind of getting cross-examined about having his girlfriend's best friend stay over his house and how he kind of tried to lie about it, caught in a lie. Have a listen. I was out of town. There was a food tasting for the new menu at Sir, mm. and I was an hour and 30 minutes late. I heard you looked like a bag of shit. I did. <laughs> After beach day, Schwartz, Raquel, and I all like took a car back to my house, jumped into the jacuzzi, hung out, had some drinks, listened to music. We went in the jacuzzi after yeah. out, like which is something oh, we yeah. always do. Yeah, and yeah. then like yeah. I stayed the night and I yeah. slept yeah. on the couch. And I was like, dude, go upstairs. Go like, to the guest room. You don't have to sleep on the. Out of here. You're like, she's like yeah. crunched up on there. Rock that. You guys lied and said she didn't stay the night. <laughs> <laughs> 
So as we watch this season of Vanderpump Rules, if you aren't caught up, I mean, you might as well start watching season 10. It's absolutely wild. You have Tom Schwartz, who is friends with Tom Sandoval, and they have um, Ra- Raquel Levis over at their house while Tom Sandoval's girlfriend, Ariana, is out of town. They say that she passed out at the house, but no one really knows what else happened. But as we know, in hindsight, due to the Scandoval, the drama that has rocked the world for the last few months, we know that Sandoval has been cheating on Ariana with Raquel and Ariana is I guess starting to put the pieces together she said herself she was very naive and didn't want to be looked didn't want to be made, made, made to look stupid I think it's important in a relationship to have trust but unfortunately that doesn't get you too far when your partner violates that trust so he was caught in a lie there and also he, when Ariana you know you guys watched it but when Ariana went to uh, visit her family when her grandmother passed away uh, Sandoval was at a party and when Ariana like told him like she needed so- you know, someone to talk to rather than going home and being with her or talking to her he spent several more hours at the party so whether he was already going to break up with her or not it is a staggering and dramatic ending to this season I know the viewership is up like double because you know word of mouth and pop culture got around and it's just a fascinating and horrific dramatic story let me know what you guys think we've got a couple more weeks the finale is May 17th and lots more to talk about there but I did want to bring up our featured content of the day, and that is the conversation around around workers' rights when it comes to reality TV. And uh, it's an interesting conversation. We cover several different topics here, but the topic of sleep deprivation on Love is Blind and why the contestants can't just get more sleep. Well, thanks to the UCAN Foundation, which is the uh, you know unscripted you know, foundation for those that are in reality TV, they're trying to raise awareness and maybe have some collective bargaining to make conditions a little bit better. Here, have a listen to this clip. Here is Jeremy and Nick making the rounds on the Claire and Emma pod. Love to see it. Uh, as you guys know, I did their podcast last week. Um, and uh, what I said was that reality stars need a union. Here's here's my clip, then I'll play theirs. This is a huge industry. It makes a ton of money for the people at the top. And there are so many people now who are kind of going through these these reality TV shows and then are sort of like tossed out the other end. Yeah. And what so what Jeremy started, I want to shout it out. He started the You Can't yes. Foundation, unscripted cast advocacy network. It's interesting um, to try to pool some money together. Will it have much of an effect on future cast members? They'll always be able to find people. And that's the problem with with that's why SAG was created. They were always going to be able to find someone who would work for free to star in a movie. Anytime there's something people want, you'll have kitchen staff getting exploited. You'll, it's every industry where. OK, so it's all about exploitation and trying to, you know, create standards on set that that's what it is all about. Well, here's what Jeremy and Nick had to say after I went on Claire and Emma's podcast, Jeremy and Nick went on this week. That's why we have to approach this from multiple angles. And the you can angle is forward looking, right? We're not, we're, we don't want to, we, we really don't want to keep drudging up the past, although it's an important context and framing for why we're doing these things that we're doing, right? Yeah, it seems it seems obvious, right? Well, one of the commenters, Emma, as we read right here, said, I've been keeping up with this a lot and still can't believe the tantrum that Nick Vial had about this topic on his show. It shouldn't be hard to advocate for living conditions and mental health support, yet some people, I guess it is. Yeah, we're not talking about crazy things, making it rich, just livable conditions. As I mentioned yesterday, I'm in the Screen Act, 
Actors Guild. When I'm on a TV show or a movie, if I'm working on a union-run production, they have forced rest periods. So you can see it clearly laid out here. Studio Zone, the performer is entitled to a 12-hour rest period. Now, that doesn't mean that you go to sleep for 12 hours. That means if the, if the TV show wraps at 7 p.m., you aren't allowed to work again till 7 a.m., which is like, well, most people have 16-hour rest periods. Most people work till 5 p.m. and don't work again till 8 a.m. the next day or 9 a.m. So it's not a wild thing that they that um, on, in the Screen Actors Guild, you have 12-hour rest periods. Now, there might be a time when you need to get a shot and you're on a location outside, and that 12 hours can then go down to 10 hours. By the time you wrap and take your hair and makeup off and go to bed and then wake up again, all you're actually getting is seven or eight hours of sleep, which I don't think that's asking for too much. Right. But we're really looking towards the future. And we're like, look, we can produce reality TV that people still enjoy. That is people are, we're dramatic people. Like <laughs> we're human beings. We create our own friggin' drama. Um, we don't like, there's no need to produce this stuff in such horrible ways. So, I mean, the lawsuit was an important, important first step and it's an important continuing step and it's critical that we see this through, but we also have to look to the future. And that's why Nick and I decided to start the UCAN Foundation. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And again, the comments, they're they're just the comments are just so reasonable. Go further. Reality talent needs a union and the archaic practice of taking advantage of people just because you can. And what are the specific aims of UCAN? Like tell our listeners what is the yeah. goal of this organization? <clears throat> So there are five things that we are we are offering as a service to reality TV contestants, whether they're cast, whether they're in production, whether it's post-production, whether it's post-show. We want to make sure that you have adequate mental health uh, support, and we will continue to ad advocate for that. We will offer services with um, legal volunteers that will help you review your contract so that you understand what you're getting into. Uh, we will make sure you understand your rights as a human being, uh, again, using our, our legal network. And then we're also putting together a network of cast members that have all been through this because we can only relate to each other. Nobody else can can understand what we've gone through. So we want to put that together so that there's like a safe, safe environment for people to communicate and not feel so isolated and alone. And then... Um, we want to be able to offer legal support in the event of a dispute, which maybe I'll get to be the first person to use that. But, um, you know, those are the, the, <laughs> the five main goals of what we offer right now. But our vision is literally to make sure that these simple five things are across all reality shows through, you know, whether that ends up being public policy, whether it ends up being, you know, labor laws, unionizing, we'll see where we go when we get there. There it is. So the idea that a labor union could be formed for reality TV is not that far-fetched. And we have seen therapists come together. As you guys know, Dr. Diane Strakowski is a, 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 has been on my channel uh, dozens of times, I think dozens, right? And we've talked a bunch about mental health. She is now teaming up with Dr. Isabel, uh, who is a founding, one of the founding therapists over at UCAN Foundation. And here's what they have to say. Did you know there's a dirty secret about reality dating shows? Behind the scenes of your favorite shows, cast members suffer from negative mental health consequences. Hi, I'm Dr. Diane Strakowski, the Back to Love Doc. I'm Dr. Isabel Morley, collaborating with Dr. Diane. I'm on the board of the UCAN Foundation, which stands for Unscripted Cast Advocacy Network. 
UCAN wants to change that some cast members are treated poorly, exposed to inhumane working conditions, and because reality TV is a largely unregulated industry, it's the wild west of entertainment. And while UCAN is in its infancy, the problems have been historic. And for those who say, you knew what you were getting into, you went on the show for followers. They're just salty they didn't get more airtime. Well, you can is not for you, because you can is about the vulnerable people who are left worse from their experience. And speaking of vulnerable people, what's interesting is that Dr. Dan Strakowski has actually been on Nick Vile's podcast. Uh, so he has actually used her through interviews to discuss mental health issues on the show. And just that's another reason why it's surprising to me that he would be so dismissive of the show. But I tell you this right now, if and when he comes around to the foundation, I will be nothing but supportive of the uh, sort of ability to change your mind, admit you got it wrong, and things like that. All right. So congrats to Dr. Diane Strakowski for joining in on the uh, the, the fun, which is uh, helping get to support for reality contestants. And speaking of reality contestants, uh, we've got Kelly Chase here. We did this interview yesterday. I'm going to air it in its entirety on Bachelor Rush Hour tomorrow. Again, link in the comment section, bachelorrushhour.com, the hit afternoon entertainment news podcast. But here is a clip of her just explaining how the sleep actually works on set. How are they? How are you sleep deprived? Do they just tell you when you can go to bed? Are the beds in a separate set from the rest of the studio? How does that all work? Yeah, yeah. So, yes, we slept at a hotel. Um they did have they did have a sleeping like arrangement for us um that was just like right outside the set, you know, from where the pods were, but it was not conducive for 15 girls to sleep in. Um so they put us up in a hotel, which was so much better, but it was like I want to say it was like a 30-minute drive from where we were. Um, or, or it was just so late. I, it felt like 30 minutes. I don't know, but it felt like a while that we were in there, but sometimes like, you know, if we're doing, if we did the pods for eight days in a row, I would say half of that, or maybe even five of the eight days we were filming until like one o'clock in the morning, one thirty in the morning. And we had to be back at, on set at 8am. So, so let's do the math here. If you're filming till one thirty in the morning with a half hour drive, that means you get back to your hotel at two. You got to take your eyelashes off, do your hair, wipe your makeup. But trust me, I can, I can estimate from my wife who's not, uh, you know, I would say she's an, she was, she's takes the average amount of time to get uh, dressed and undressed. I'd say at bare minimum, another half hour of undoing your makeup and getting ready for bed. Now we're looking at 2.30 in the morning. Let's say you're asleep by 3. you got to be back there by 8, which means you have to leave at 7.30, but they probably wrangle you together at 7, get everyone together. That means you're probably up at 6. So you're essentially sleeping from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. That's three hours of sleep. Is that fair to say that you're going to get three hours of sleep in that turnaround period? Again, Screen Actors Guild, we have a rule in place for a 12-hour turnaround. They're getting a, a roughly six to seven-hour turnaround. A lot can happen in those six hours, Those that difference of time between um, when you should be getting healthy amounts of sleep and not. When you sleep and when you're entering your deep sleep, I'm not a sleep expert, but you're restoring all of the chemicals that get imbalanced throughout the day and you're building. I mean, we all know that feeling of being refreshed. Research shows that Americans are chronically sleep deprived. Adults should sleep seven hours or more per night. You know, almost one third of Americans regularly get less than this recommended amount. And if you're not getting that amount, guys, this is your health and your life uh, at stake here. 
This fatigue inevitably bleeds into the workplace, with one study of U.S. workers discovering that almost 38% of employees experience fatigue while at work during the previous two weeks. Trying to work while sleep-deprived can significantly impact job performance. Without enough sleep, processes throughout the body work suboptimally. Neurons in the brain become overworked, impairing thinking, slowing physical reactions, and leaving people feeling emotionally drained. These short-term side effects of sleep deprivation can wreak havoc on a day's work. And again, that's just a normal day's work, the normal eight-hour workday. What we're talking about here is, is them essentially admitting that they're working from 8 a.m. till 1 a.m. And you might not consider it work, but the damages are done to them because long term they have to live with the edit they have to live with how they came off on a tv show or if they rolled their eyes or became a villain because they did something they wouldn't normally do we've all seen the snickers commercial you're not you eat a snickers now again you know and again when you're when you lack sleep your body craves sugar which isn't even healthy for you and all these other things that go down so very easy to see um the problems that exist here and the reason why what they're asking for is not a wild and crazy make us rich be entitled buy us tickets to coachella and all these other crazy things that they've been accused of asking for they're just asking for some solidarity with other alumni people who have been on the show to help join arms and in in try to demand a work situation that's a little bit better hey how about this love is blind how about film till 8 p.m and then start the next day at 8 a.m. As was mentioned yesterday, I'll pull up the reel here, as was mentioned by Nick Thompson yesterday, they have multiple TV uh, crews that work. So they have multiple, um, let's see if we, uh, here it is here. They, they literally have multiple sound engineers, multiple cameramen, and, and they take shifts because they're working so many hours because they have a union. The Writers Guild of AmeriCorps, the WGA, went on strike. Well, why does this matter? History shows us that when the WGA goes on strike, there's an increase in reality TV production. Wondering why? It's because while crew members all have unions, or mostly have unions, the cast of reality shows are unrepresented and therefore can work mass amounts of hours for far significantly less wages. This all combined makes reality TV much cheaper and easier to produce, especially during a strike. In my experience in Love is Blind, the only time we got a break was for an hour or so while the union day of the crew ended and they swapped out for a brand new crew because they had maxed out their hours for the day. All right, so there you see it, folks. I mean, it's not it's not a crazy scenario here. Just getting some sleep and having some access to lawyers who will review contracts and fight when there's any injustice. Those are simple things. And I, I see a world in which the Screen Actors Guild could entertain collaborating with UCAN and maybe advising them in what they can be asking for. Um, you know, just because someone plays, goes, Screen Actors Guild, like, if, uh, my name's Dave Neal. If I work in a movie where I play a character named Tom, it's covered by the Screen Actors Guild, assuming it's a union film. But if I play myself, say on Access Hollywood, they interview Dave Neal, I'm not covered by SAG necessarily. So it's a little bit arbitrary that if I play somebody else, I'm covered, but if I play myself, I'm not. Can we expose, expose some light onto how ridiculous this is? Why don't they all team together? And if you're on TV, uh, whether it's streaming or uh, video on demand or network broadcast, whatever it may be, why don't we work together to protect ourselves from the exploitation? 
And to be honest, it blows my mind how anybody could on could be on the other side of this very reasonable effort to uh, you know bring some human rights to the filming that happens. Well, a little American Idol update: Nutsa, who is a powerhouse vocalist from the country of Georgia, she was voted off after getting into the top ten. So here she is sharing the song she would have sang if she made it. I'm going to play this song as our outro for the day. Everyone have a fantastic one. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm Dave Neal. This was. Bachelor Rush Hour. Hey guys, I want to perform for you a song which I really wanted to perform for tonight's live show, but I could not. But it doesn't mean that I cannot perform for my Instagram followers. So this one is for you. Let's go. Hold on one second. I want your ugly, I want your deceit. I want your everything as long as it's free I want your love Love, love, love I want your love I want your drama The touch of your hand I want your lips studded kiss them the same I want your love Love, love, love I want your And I don't want